Welcome to Millennium Live, a digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. He's one of our upcoming keynote speakers for Millennium's first virtual transformation assembly, Elliot Lewis, CEO of Kiavi Data. Elliot has an extensive background, having worked at major companies like Microsoft, Cisco, and Dell. Elliot chats with Millennium's Katy Perry to talk data security and how Kiavi's hands-off approach is fundamental to the mission of the company. Thanks for joining me, Elliot. Hi, Katie. Nice to see you. So you have been in cybersecurity for over 25 years at many different leading companies. Can you please give us a little bit about your background and tell us about your company, Kiavi Data? Sure, absolutely. Um, to start off with, with my uh, background, as you said, I've been doing this for well over 25 years. To give you an idea, um, I used to work with the federal government and the military before going to Microsoft, where I was the lead program manager and, and uh and uh, handled all the uh, teams for Network Security Access Division in Windows. Um, then uh, went on to be the Chief Security Architect for the Security Center of Excellence for Microsoft itself. Um, after that, I went on to Wall Street where I was the CISO of Merrill Lynch worldwide and handled all their cybersecurity ops on a global basis. Um, following uh, uh, Wall Street, went back into tech where I was the Director of Security and Identity uh, Innovation at Cisco Systems and then went on to be the chief security architect for Dell. And so I've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, to the desk, all sides of technology, um, and uh, done, I, I can say uh, more products than I can stand, <laughs> uh, different things. But one of the things in the cybersecurity space, how we got to Kiavi Data, um, back in a, a, a number of years ago, I started working on a project where we were trying to figure out what is going to stop the uh, stem of data loss because we had a lot of great tools. We had a lot of great solution sets, but data loss was still continuing to increase. It was not slowing down. Mm -hmm. So when we looked at the entire premise, we said, okay, um, what is the state of IT? Well, we have devices, platforms, cloud, data center, applications, uh, services, all of them evolving at about six to nine months rate constantly. And this was just increasing in speed. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, cybersecurity solutions are not able to keep up with that kind of state of evolution. They simply cannot keep up with the change of pace. And there was only two things consistent throughout all of this, throughout all of the different evolution of IT. And that was data and the people that create it. That's mm -hmm. it. Everything else changes around it. So we had to help data itself be able to protect itself. It could not on third systems or second systems. Data itself had to become intelligent and self-protecting. And that was the panacea. And that is what we have created here at Kiabi Data. We've created the platform to make all data self-intelligent, self-aware, and self-protecting. So what does that mean? Well, in today's world, when you have, uh, when someone takes your data from a brief or if you have a user shares it to an authorized person, or maybe it, um, it's shared inadvertently, or maybe you shared it to somebody and they forwarded it on against what you wanted, that data is gone. Once it's past your plane of control, the data is gone. You have no visibility. You can't control it. You can't keep it. You can't manage it. Now, what we've done with Kiabi Data is we've created a platform that allows all data built into data itself 
right? Every piece of data. When you try to access my data, it's gonna wake up and say, who are you? Where am I? What device is this? Why did I ever leave Katie's office? I am geospecific aware. I cannot be leaked, or else I will not open up unless I'm in the space I'm supposed to be in. And it will protect itself unless it meets all the parameters that you have given it as its owner, no matter where it goes, because it's built into data itself. Mm-hmm. What's more, let's say you and I are doing business together, and then two weeks from now, you shared a bunch of data with me, and two weeks from now you say, I don't want to do business with Ellie. We're not going to do this business deal. Now, in today's world, you'd have to call me up and say, can you please delete what I gave you? <laughs> with this technology, all we have to do is you have to open up your laptop or your cell phone. You hit a button, and any data you've ever given me, I don't care where I stored it, how many copies I've made, where I placed it, the next time I try to access your data, it's going to wake up and say, I'm sorry, Katie now says no. And wow. it will control itself because you've changed your mind. And it works in perpetuity forever. So you can change your mind and add users and subtract users. You can say it's allowed in, uh, in uh, California today and then take it out of California tomorrow. You can say this company today and then it will take itself away tomorrow when you say so. And if someone tries to steal your data, it will completely control itself. Wow, that's awesome. That's what we've done here. And um, it's, uh, it's a game changer. That's exactly what we meant to come out with. That's exactly what we want to do get to the point where we can say data loss is, uh, is a thing of the past. Hopefully we get there, right? That's right. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> so you have protected data for many companies. Yes. Can you tell me what are the biggest challenges that companies face today? Absolutely. You know, it's, there is, there is several ways to look at that answer to that question. The first thing is a company is, is alive to grow and do business in the way it makes revenue. A company is designed to provide a service, provide a solution to, uh, to its uh, customers and its partners so that it can drive new capabilities, new revenue, new growth. Mm-hmm. That is the number one thing they should do. That's what they have to do, right? A CISO, the best chief information security officers understand that your job as the person protecting the company and its data is to reduce the risk to that business as much as possible without breaking the business and allowing the business to do what it needs to do, but you have to still protect it. So how do you design your business and your security and your IT to allow you to continue to grow, continue to build new revenue, continue to increase your customer base while still controlling what is your intellectual property? and your ability to operate. That's one of the, I think when we see the spread of everything we've seen in the last 10 years, and it's fantastic innovation, from data center to cloud, to mobile devices, to mobile computing, and everything else, how do we do that? The second thing we see is how do we enable our workforce to work in the ways that we need, and it's continually evolving, but we could still operate, right? The obvious, you know, comparison here is, you know, our current pandemic issues in the industry today, right? One of the features we designed into this is the geospecificity of data. So when you sign in as a user, what you do is register your home address in the system, and now your home becomes part of the geofencing of the company instantly. And the data will not leave your house because unless it's part of the corporate address. So... We have, we, we built it so that data itself 
is able to work on any device, any application, any platform, but it's not going to be leaked even just because your users have to be somewhere else or have to be working somewhere else. That is a data function to be intelligent about. This opens the, up the companies to be able to innovate. Mm -hmm. can use any platform, any cloud, any data center, any device, and they can control their data no matter where it goes and who it's allowed to speak to. And that allows them to create new revenue, drive new business, work with new partners and customers, while reducing the complexity to security. Thank you. Obviously, you brought up the hot topic, COVID-19. Sure. Do you see any long-term data security issues from working remotely? That's a great question. And I think that that's part of what we, you know, when we started doing Kiabi data, it was long before everybody imagined this situation. I'm sure. But one of the things we wanted to enable was taking the dependency for data operating work away from having to have dependencies on third-party uh, platforms, applications, devices. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to free it up to be able to do what data is designed to do now. Data is designed to be shared. Data is meant to be out there. It's meant to be in data oceans, traveling across ecosystems. So when you think about COVID, one of the things that happened here, and this was just a happenstance of our feature sets, because data is uh, geospecific aware, it can now control whether it's allowed to leave a place or not, or who's allowed to see it under what means, but also, what it also does, it has a forensics and analytics capability to it. I think that when you look at the evolution of companies and what they have to think about, it's data visibility in the age of COVID. Okay. Where is my data? What is it doing? Is it where it's supposed to be? Is it doing what I expect it to do? Can we control that? And yes, you can now, because one of the other features on this technology is that every time someone tries to open a piece of data, and we have this down to under three seconds globally, and you're in China or Europe or wherever you may be, within three seconds, the data itself is reporting back and saying, here's who has me, here's what device I'm on, here's why I opened up or not, here's what's happening to me. And that's for the first time data is able to do it itself. So now we're able to have full data visibility and full data intelligence and to act upon that. Right, and it doesn't need to be contained within corporate walls because your or wherever your data went. Right, I guess going off of that a little bit, as both a business executive and a cybersecurity expert, do you have any advice for leaders who might not be doing exactly what they need to do to recover? That's a great question. I think that a lot of people um, need to look at mitigation effectiveness and imminent obsolescence modeling. This is something that I've I, uh, started working on. 15 years ago when I realized going into companies like Merrill and other customers for Cisco, Microsoft, and Dell, it is hard to match your business initiatives and your business objectives and your business constraints with what your technology plans are and how you're going to protect them. So what we look at when we work with our, our customers is what is the imminent obsolescence model? And that means that because you are evolving your business, because you are putting new systems and new technology into place, mm -hmm. because you are running new ways to make your data profitable, you are inherently changing constantly and evolving in about six to nine months at a rate right. what you're doing as a business. And is your security systems that you invested in and installed, 
is it still being effective? Are your mitigations being effective based on your business plans, right? And as an executive in, you know, supporting business leaders in your build, in your office and business leaders in your business, that is what they need out of you. So when I work with CISOs and they're going into their board of directors meetings and, and sometimes they're just like, how do I make the impact I need to make in that room? I boil it down to three basic questions you need to present to the board of directors. Are we secure and how do we know? Are we going to be secure based on the business plans of this, of this room and what you're planning to do? And how do we know that? Enough time and resource and money and managing our mitigation effectiveness well enough. And how do we know? If you can answer those three questions as a security executive to your business leaders, you're keeping that business growing and secure. And that if they aren't able to get to that kind of result, then they need to think about how they're doing it. Going, I guess, off of that a little bit too, can you tell us how Kiabi helps companies with their own data security strategy? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that they're doing right now when you're using classic technology, every security solution, and I'm not exaggerating by this, you know, when you look at the operation, security solutions to date are all about controlling data and keeping it locked down and keeping it contained and keeping it from leaking, and then when it inevitably does anyway, the rest of the cybersecurity operations is figuring out how I'm getting attacked, how they're getting to it, and where it went, and who the bad actors were, and what do I do after the next time? That's what the basis of cybersecurity solutions are today, right? And this solution shifts all of that around. Now, we enable a lot of what those are already out there. We are able to, because we're an API platform as well with over 50 APIs, we can plug into any kind of solution out there and provide them with all this intelligence capability. But what we've done is we've shifted the threat model. Now it's not about containing data. It's about telling data what you want it to do and what you don't want it to do. And then seeing where it's going, letting the data tell you about its life cycle and making intelligent choices about where you want it to go and how you want it to act. It is no longer about containment. It's about um, enablement. It's about intelligence. So, do, so what are we gonna be spending money on? It's going to be about the same shift you saw went from hardwired networks to um, network in the cloud to infrastructure as a service. And now you're gonna see intelligent data as a service and the ability for data to be able to think, follow your commands, and you're gonna be assessing what your data is doing and managing it to the company's asset, as opposed to trying to contain it. You touched upon how your data is self-protecting and self-aware. Can you explain more how Kiabi's technology works? Absolutely, at a very high level, we have a multi-level encryption uh, model that we put around data. And built into that multi-level encryption model, and each one of the encryption layers has a specific function and unlocking mechanism that it uses very much like a multi-tiered safe model and container model. Now, what it does is it wraps the data with that protection and built into that protection is the intelligence systems. Those intelligence systems have all the policies to it, all the controls to it, it logs all the forensics to it, and it goes with the data itself no matter how many copies are made or where it goes. And with this kind of capability in it, now you have the ability to allow data to assess 
where it is, what it's doing, who it's doing with, so on and so forth, as it goes through its unlocking and locking mechanisms. But we don't change the actual data. We wrap it. So the point is, if you have a Word file and you, oh, and you have met all the parameters, I'm in Katie's office, I'm working with her, I know it's her laptop because we can fingerprint devices as well and motherboards as right. part of this and, and use all kinds of identity controls and uh, identity brokerage systems. If we prove that this is what Katie wanted, right? And I unlock, I unlock as a Word file. I open up in Word, right? It will not, it's not like you have to have a separate viewer. You don't have to convert the format. It comes out in Word, Excel, PowerPoint, a database file, uh, MRI images, whatever the data was, it is still available at that point in that format. So we don't make you use anything that you're already using. It's just enhancing the data for protection. All these things are built in. So I'm obviously not a, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to rephrase. So I am not a technical IT leader, but can someone spoof or mimic a geolocation? That's a great question. Um, we get that all the time. Here's, you know, when people start spoofing uh, geolocations is because they can either spoof a MAC address or an IP address or they're launching a VPN. But here's one of the changes in evolution here. This is data that can actually think about multiple heuristics when it's opening up. So one of the parameters you can say, let's say it's an IP address you're basing your, your thoughts on. Let's say I'm at a particular location. Now that's not the only geolocation method we use. We can use longitude, latitude, we can use heuristics, we can use um, near field location, we can do a whole bunch of different options. But keeping it at a high level, here's the thing. If data, if you open, try to open up a piece of data, what you can say is, tell me if there's a VPN active on this device, and tell me if it's one I authorized. Also, please tell me if there's antivirus on this system and what kind. And you can set those as intelligent parameters for the data to consider. Wow. And if it sees an active VPN and something's being spooked or is not authorized, it won't open up. But it will report to you that somebody tried. Okay. So that's how we handle um, different kinds of intelligent parameters. The data can check for anything you like on the device it arrives on and follows your commands. And if it can't meet them, it'll stay protected. Wow, that's great. Does Kiavi store or transmit any data? No, we do not. That, okay. is, that is one of the design parameters. All this happens to your data in place on your devices that you want it. We never take your data off the device. We never store your data in the cloud or on our services. And uh, the service is not designed to take data in any given way. It always remains exactly where you meant and where you kept it on your systems. Does that mean I have to be connected to or anyone need to be connected to the internet? Great question. We do have the ability to handle offline situations. So it's what we call our offline default policy that's built in every piece of data. Now, out of the box from Piavi, we default close and save. If it can't make a decision as to did Katie want this person to have it or has she changed her mind about the policies, we default out of the box safe. But you as the owner can change that default policy. You can say, it. He's got three times he can open it if he's not connected. Or he can only open it if not connected, if it's on the same device we saw the last time, or if it's in a certain um, uh, parameter or location, or if it's for a certain time period. We can also do things like time embargo and such as another feature. So if you want to say, Elliot's allowed to work offline with this data, but only from Tuesday at noon to Wednesday at 5, and then it will stop operating again. 
So you have the ability to change that offline default to as much flexibility as you like, and that's by design for regulatory compliance. That's great how flexible you can be with the different variables. Uh, my last question for you, is my location or my location data secured? Absolutely. So when we talked about the multiple layers of encryption on any given piece of data, that information, all of that forensic information, all of that location information, anything deemed privacy information is part of that multi-layer encrypted mode. Okay. We are logging it all, but it's deep in the layers. So you'd have to crack through at least multiple layers of AES-256 encryption to get to any of that privacy information and all of that's encrypted into the, into the uh, system. So in the data itself. So absolutely not. It's never exposed and only opened up under secure means, only under its methodology. And from our methodology we use, once we build the encrypted technology around the file, we actually remove all the raw data so it doesn't even reside that way in an, in an unencrypted state. Wow. So we've dealt with that in the threat model as well. Well, great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Elliot. I'm looking forward to having you at one of our assemblies and hopefully I will get to see you in person soon. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Make sure to listen and subscribe to our podcast exclusively on iTunes and SoundCloud to get the inside scoop from top execs in the world of digital transformation.